This WBEZ podcast is supported by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Suicide is a topic that hides in the shadows. It's time we talk away the dark, learn how to spot the warning signs for suicide, and how you can have an open, caring, real conversation to help save lives. Visit the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention to watch the new short film and learn more at AFSP.org slash talkawaythedark. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at WBEZ.org slash events. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. Japanese rock, Ohio soul, UK rave, country noir. Those are a few of the many playlists curated by the folks at Numero Group. It's a record label that focuses on archival music and highlights records from the past that have been neglected, overlooked, or not widely distributed. For our Chicago Innovators series, we turn to Numero Group co-founders Rob Severe and Ken Shipley. Rob, before we take a deep dive into what Numero Group does, can you tell us the origin story? How'd you two meet? We had a friend in common who knew that we were both uh, doing had a similar approach to putting out records. Uh-huh. We both had our own little operations at the time, and uh, she thought we should uh, get to know each other. What was that similar approach in putting out records? We were still putting out seven inches, um, kind of really uh, taking like a very curatorial, like handmade approach. Yeah, I remember Rob called to ask me where I'd got these boxes from. It was the first time I think we talked on the phone. He was like, I saw you made these boxes. Where'd you get them? And then I passed him the number. And then we just kept talking from there. It clicked. So where'd the idea of making Numero Group come from, Ken? Uh, Well, I worked at this company called Disc, and I lost my job. Um, But I had this idea that there was this whole world of deep catalog out there that was like well below the you know established mainstream artists uh, that and that it could be a really interesting business mm-hmm. and I tried to get them to do it but they didn't they didn't believe in it um, and as soon as I lost my job I, I I knew that I got in this like tiny severance and I had enough money and enough runway to sort of live and yeah um, I threw myself into it entirely I, I you know like we were, we we were going I think what three months after after I lost my job wow so what's behind the name well all the records are numbered right. Um, ah. And there's this really cool French free jazz label called Actuel um, that operated in Paris in the 70s, and all of their records have this, like, A and the number following it. I just love the way those records looked. I'd go into record stores, and I'd see them, and I was like, oh, and I, I kept a little checklist of all the ones that I was missing. And I was yeah. like, man, if you could do that same thing and do it again now, I bet you could get people who'd want to collect every number as well. And then Numero Group was born. Um, well, well, Rob, you, you focus on archival music, right? So how would you describe what that music is to someone who wasn't familiar? Well, we're just referring to the fact that it it happened in the past there that, you know, we it's it's not it's not served up for us. We need to we need to dig into some sort of archive. Sometimes that archive is a basement, a garage. Sometimes it's, you know, stuff that was donated to a library. I mean, it, it could be anywhere. Why is digging into the crates, so to speak? Why is that important to you? 
that's where it is. I mean, that's that's you know, it's like why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. I mean, <laughs> the, you know, we're we're looking for stuff that is it's not visible. So you're you, you know, you have to go deeper to mm-hmm. find it. So tell us more about the the collections that uh, Numero Group creates, because I, I understand you're you're making things from playlists that people stream on Spotify to like physical box sets that folks can buy. Right, Ken? It wasn't always that way. You know, okay. we started out originally. We were a CD company because CDs were the, the oh, format. And I remember CDs, loved them. Mm, and then so small. Yeah. And then in 2015, um, one of our partners challenged me to make a playlist and get 500 followers in a month. And I I love a challenge. And so I just I made a playlist. And then once we started to see that. Spotify, oh wait, you have to tell us. Did you get 500 followers in a month? Yeah, yeah. Okay, did. good. We, I think we got like a thousand followers. Nice. In a month. Um, but it was just sort of this new way to look at how to think about making a compilation, right? It's more like a mixtape. It's, it could be endless though. There's no, there's no 90 minute, you know, limit to this thing. It could be, you know, as long as everything fits within the vibe, the playlist could be as long as it wanted to be. And then also it was an incredible way to look at the data because then you could see what people are actually listening to. And that's one of the most magical things about streaming is that it's all out there in front of you. You know, when, mm-hmm. when we talk about the record business of the sixties, the seventies, eighties, even the nineties, it's really cloistered behind, uh, walls of 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 people that are like holding data back but now the data is all there in front of you and so now we look at the playlist that we're making as an entry point into potential records that we're going to make we'll make yeah. a playlist and say it could this be a comp later maybe it takes five years to develop we'll get yeah, there the, in the in the radio you know uh one thing i love i learned about recently just researching radio from the 60s and 70s is you know they really relied on phone calls to know if somebody liked it Right, so you had that kind of feedback calling from, into your radio station. Yeah, that's that's yeah. how people found out something was going to be a hit. And so, a lot of times, the note that would be written on a record would be phones or no phones. You know, Interesting. Did, did it get those phone calls? So it's we are getting that kind of user response, but in a different way. Yeah, and I mentioned uh, box sets earlier, but for folks who are listening to us right now that aren't familiar with your box sets, can you talk about what usually comes in one, Rob? Well, the box set is gonna in, is gonna obviously include you know the records that contain the music, mm-hmm. you know, organized in a way that it's it's listed. But not friendly. just CDs, right? Well, we'll do we might do CDs, we might do LPs, but whatever the format is. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we do dual formats, sometimes we just do vinyl. At this point, you know, it's it sort of depends on on what it is. So we did a Pastor T L Barrett, who's an artist we work very closely with. We did a CD box set and an LP box set. They matched each other, uh, and so contained in there is. You know, really, you know, we went very deep. We, we we contacted friends and family of Pastor Barrett. We got photos from, you know, many different sources. We we did interviews with many people. Aaron Cohen, who's been on WBEZ, WBEZ a lot, also did the liner notes for that. He did interviews with over 20 people, nice. you know, to tell this story. So, you know, it contains um, artifacts. It contains photographs. It contains the story. And then it contains the music. Yeah. So it's trying it's trying to give a full picture of what And and you make that is. sound so easy but can there there's got to be some challenges of of being a record label that focuses on archival music, right? Trying to dig up all these things. Well, the challenge is can you get somebody to say yes, right? And I think that's what sets us apart from a lot of other people is that we're really really good because we've been doing this so long. You know, yeah. it's like when you spend 20 years refining your craft, you're going to be one of the best people in the business to do that thing. And so what Rob and I are, you know, hyper-focused on is just getting people to yes. 
how can we get you to join Numero and you know join our cult? Yeah. Do you have a favorite uh, playlist or, or genre that you've worked on? I'll ask you both. You first, Ken. Oh, um, I really like this playlist called You're Not From Around Here. It's all this sort of, like you said, it's country noir. Yeah. You know, like it's just the idea of noir music, which I don't think people tend to think about music as noir. But, you know, we're always looking at the underside of things and how you can, like, look at it through a different prism and find something interesting. Yeah. Well, it's funny. When you watch an old noir film, so often there's a scene in the movie where some, like, lounge singer performs some plaintive, uh, you know, um, uh, piece, you know, uh, so this is in music form. Yeah. You know, this playlist is in music form. Uh, I would say my favorite is the eccentric soul playlist, which is one of the most ex- uh, accessible yeah. playlists that we have. Well, speaking of your eccentric soul playlist, let's listen to a track on it. This is baby. Don't go by the occasions. So I want to dig more into your start, Rob. This started here in the city. So just talk to us about what you think of the music scene that we have going on here in Chicago. Well, I think it's it's always been special because it is it's a major city. It's always attracted you know people of all types to come here and live and perform. Um, but it's also it's still a bit underground. And- but it, but it's also the birthplace of the modern record label, right? So like when we think about the record labels that started, you know what. Back in the the twenties, like this is where, like Chicago was the major record hub for forty or fifty years. It wasn't until the late seventies yeah. that it really came apart, and and that's what's kind of cool about being able to work out of Chicago is because nobody expects an underground archival record label to emerge from this place, but it it, it couldn't have happened anywhere else. What would you say if you were asked? What's unique about Chicago's music scene, Rob? Today or in general? In general. Well, I think, you know, that we've, we've, you know, always been this, had this second city mentality so that we've been able to uh, give artists a place to develop, to spring onto the national stage. Yeah. You know, and, and that's true today. That's always been true. It's also, you know, because of its central location, it's like every band comes through here. You know, you can't, you can't, can't miss Chicago. That is true. You know, we are, we're a hub of every kind and, you know, that you know, plays into what happens here too. Yeah. Well, you know, can you mention you've been doing, you've both been doing this for a long time and Numero Group is in its 20th year. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. Wow. Congratulations. How does that feel? It went by really fast. Did it? I remember when we were talking about our 20th anniversary, we started talking about three or four years ago and we were like, that's going to come up and it's going to come up a lot faster than you think. And then COVID happened and everything just yeah. you know accelerated and um, you sort of, you know, I'm already looking at records that we're making in 2025 now. And so sometimes it's hard to focus on the present and to be really present at the moment and appreciate the things that we're doing right now because we yeah. are looking so far into the future. One of the things that you do, Rob, is uh, you you share the stories of artists, right? As we talked yes. about a moment ago, how much research goes into telling their histories, these musicians? I mean, we spend hours and hours and we, you know, we read absolutely every everything known about the artist and then we start digging into what's unknown and yeah. talking to the people that knew them. You, know? you featured Sil Johnson too, right? Sil Johnson is is particularly meaningful right now because I, I know that I first heard Sil Johnson on WBEZ. Yeah. It was a broadcast of a Taste of Chicago show that he did. And I think it was part of the Neil Tesser show. I forget what that, that was called, jazz something. 
Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's something like WBZ able to continue to like bring Syl Johnson to the people of Chicago, you know, even like well after he had any hits on the radio, really anything mm-hmm. on the radio yeah. is one of the things that makes Chicago, this radio station and an artist like Syl really special. Let's listen to one of Syl's tracks. This is Everybody Needs Love. What I've got to say, I'm sure you won't be able to turn your head. That was a suggestion from you, Rob. Such a good song. Love it. Before I let you go, what have you been listening to these days? I'm curious. You first. Well, we've been putting together a collection of female-led funk tracks, so I've spent the last 24 hours listening to a lot of that. Yeah. Female-led funk. Oh. What about you, Ken? Listen to a lot of mellow surf music, like uh, sort of a walk-don't-run kind of version of surf music. And also listening a lot to this band, Duster, that we work with that's kind of blown up. Nice. My thanks to Rob Severe and Ken Shipley of Numero Group. If you happen to be listening to this podcast on Spotify, be sure to check out Numero Group's great collection of curated playlists. Right now, you're hearing Mr. Lucky by Betty Wright, which you'll find on Numero Group's collection Eccentric Soul, The Outskirts of Deep City. Let's listen to a little more of that. I'm your host, Sasha Ann Simons. And shout out to producers Micah Yason and Stephanie Kim who worked on this episode. Thanks to everyone for listening and for joining us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.